Hey, everybody, we're going to pick up our conversation we started last week. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen to that episode, and then you can listen to this episode. This is part two of a two-part series. Uh, I hope you enjoy. Welcome to The Friday Habit with Benjamin Manley and Mark Labriola II. The Friday Habit is for creators, entrepreneurs, and agency owners looking for actionable ideas on how to grow their business and be more profitable. We'll pull from our combined knowledge of over 20 years and interview thought leaders that will inspire you and give you the motivation you need to kick your business into high gear. Buckle up. It's Friday. I was going to ask you a little bit about about your new book, The Self-Employed Life. I know you mentioned on your website talking about it, it talks a little bit about the self-employed ecosystem. And I was really curious about that. I don't know if that's a good way into talking about your book. I'm curious about that but, or anything else you'd like to share about it. I'd love to learn a little bit more about what you talk about in there and give people a little bit of preview of what's in there. Yeah, well, you got it. I mean, honestly, the whole book is it really the big learning of it is the self-employed ecosystem because it's such a unique way of looking at business. And you know, the, the bottom line is being self-employed is unlike any other way of being in business, right? I mean- we know that because only other self-employed people get us. You know, about a month ago, my mother asked me, 30, I'm 37 years into business, and my mother asked me like a month ago, how do you make money? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think she's still trying <laughs> yeah. to figure out, like, how do you afford this nice apartment in a sky rise in Miami? Like, I, I don't think she got it as a photographer. She definitely doesn't go get it now because it's not even a tangible product. Sometimes right. so, I sit on the beach. Sometimes I, yeah. I type on my computer. Or maybe I record a podcast with some random guys. I mean, just, yeah. you know, depends on the I think day. she thinks I make money on my books. I'm like, you kidding? Nobody makes money on their books. Like, it's <laughs> That's, just, that's the smallest piece of the puzzle here. Right. Um, so truly, only other self-employed people get us and get what mm-hmm. we go through and the personal challenges. And I always say, there's no mistake that self-employed begins with the word self because, man, nothing is going to push all your buttons and cause you to grow more than being self-employed. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I've always looked for, like, what's the unique way we need to be in business? What's the mm-hmm. What have I observed over 37 years? And I realized that what's totally different about being self-employed is that we live in an ecosystem. We li- Our lives are integrated. You know, it's easy to say, for example, everybody, I think it's common knowledge. People say, you know, when you're self-employed, there's hardly any division between your business and your personal life. All right. You know, and I think we have to be careful with that statement because that should not mean that you don't take time off. It shouldn't mean right. that you're thinking about work hundred percent of the time. And, you know, To me, what that really means, which is how it relates to the self-employed ecosystem, is that your level of success when you're self-employed is completely proportionate to your level of personal growth. Hmm. You can only go and be as successful as you believe you're capable of, as you have confidence in yourself, as you improve your skill set. And here's the big one. You will only go as far as what you learn to believe you deserve. What mm. holds a lot of people back is they don't, they haven't stepped into feeling like they even deserve more, right? So they haven't raised the ceiling above their current state to even fully say, you know what? Screw it. I deserve more in life. I deserve more money. I deserve more success. Until you've owned that, that's, and for that reason, that's why your level of success is proportionate to your level of personal growth and development. So mm. that's the, that's the real self part as to how there's, the need for an ecosystem of integration between business and personal life. So what I've done is with the self-employed ecosystem, I broke it down into three major elements. Okay. Personal development, right? For that, all the reasons mm-hmm. I just said, 
business strategies, meaning, yeah, guess what? You're going to spend most of your time in action. You're going to spend most of your time doing things and putting in effort. The right. problem is when you're self-employed is that the way the rest of the world does business is different. You know, for when you're self-employed, I can almost guarantee you, no matter what your industry is, your business is based on relationships. It's a relationship-based business. Most of the world is based on transactional business. Okay. Mm. So if you're trying to even emulate a transactional style business in your self-employed business, you're going to turn your customers off. You're going to make them feel like you're treating them like a transaction instead of building relationships. And the perfect, perfect example of that is how many businesses offer discounts for new customers only. Right. The worst thing you want to do if you're in a relationship business. In fact, yeah. you should do the complete opposite. There should be benefits and privileges to your existing customers that new customers can't get. The third part of the ecosystem, which is right up your alley, which is why I wanted to be on this show so much, is the third part is what I call daily habits, right? Because here's the thing, and I, I have a whole Venn diagram that describes this. If I don't care how developed you are personally and how much action you're putting in. If you're not supporting that with daily habits, that's exactly why you feel like you're all over the place and you're riding yeah. a roller coaster up and down because you haven't created any daily habits that whether it's daily or weekly, if it's every Friday, but you need you need consistency in your life in order to train a consistent mind, you need the consistent mind in order to weather the realities of mm. being self-employed. Yeah, that's really great. And, and kind of like you said about writing the book, the only way to get that done is to break it up in little pieces, have a consistent time to get it done and that kind of thing. I Same thing when I first started my business. It was like, okay, I need to make X amount of sales each month, need to do X amount of billable work. It was just me. So I was like, all right, I need to break it up into little chunks and figure out how much per day do I need to do? How many meetings do I need to have with new customers? Therefore, how many new emails do I need to send out to people? And just like break it up in little pieces, put it on your daily habit calendar and then just start knocking it out. Yeah, I think we I think we overlook the and I I see this every day with people I work with that because it's one of the most challenging things for them to do is to create consistent habits and yeah. we overlook the importance of 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 brain consistency training hmm. <laughs> like you have to train your brain to be consistent you know I was I just gave a course earlier today on how to start a podcast hmm. uh, ironically and <laughs> one of the things I said to them is that to grow your audience you need consistency consistency yeah. works with algorithms right? Cons yeah. Consistent behavior activates algorithms. Why would you not realize that your consistent behavior is going to activate your algorithm, right? Mm. And how your brain is able, because when you're self-employed, you're going to get knocked around like a pinball. The only way you maintain, the only way you sustain that and you keep going is because you've trained your body and your brain to react in a more even way. So that you don't, mm -hmm. you're not quite so responsive to everything. That's what gives you the resilience to keep going. Yeah, that's so true. I think, you know, I've always said, I guess I've just had more of a tolerance of pain, you know, to make it this, <laughs> <laughs> this long in entrepreneurship and, and being self-employed and stuff. Because, you know, I've seen so many people come and go where they're just like, oh, I'm going to go get another, you know, just a regular job. I, I, but I, I do feel like that, yeah, it's that when you can push yourself on a consistent basis through those pain points, there's like an opportunity of growth on the other side of that. Always. And then there's also another level of success that you can achieve, you know, and, you know, we talked a lot about uh, different, um, you know, like uh, strategies on charging and things like that. And, you know, one of them is this idea of value-based pricing, right? You, you price your product or service based off of the value that the client sees in it, you know? And uh, so many people are like, well, 
like, how do I do that? And it's like, just do it. You know, like it's awkward, it's painful, but once you do it, then you have that knowledge and experience under your belt. And then the next one gets easier when you start coming with confidence and saying, well, this is how we, you know, charge here at our company, you know, and then people just get used to it. And then you, you've kind of made it onto that next level of growth and success. And then you just have to keep doing that over and over. And I always feel like, when am I going to arrive? Like, is there a point to where it's like you arrive and it's like, you're, you know, you, I, I, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling, old, I haven't found it yet. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, I feel like, oh, I don't think it, you ever arrive. I think no. it's just, you're constantly moving on this upward trajectory. Yeah. A hundred percent. And yeah, I love your conversation about value-based and, and that being another, I worked with a uh, coach, someone a while back that was, uh, he referred to himself as a data architect, which basically he was just a really high level programmer, but he did solve very specific problems for companies and usually around production company uh, problems. And I think he charged like a $150 an hour or something. And he had recently done a project for a large, the department of a very large company. And, and I just really questioned his hourly billing practices. So uh -huh. I said to him, well, how much in revenue is that? Is that you solving this production problem? How much money is this going to save for this company? He said, probably about $3 million. And I'm like, then why aren't you charging 300,000? And he's like, that's insane. I'm like, no, it's not. Like what business isn't going to invest on a 10 time ROI, right? Like if you're saving, he literally charged them. He said it took him like three, four hours to fix the problem. And he's billing <laughs> them $150 an hour and he saved them $3 million in cost. That's, yeah. the, that's value. But boy, getting somebody and it, did he do it overnight? Absolutely not. But right. Because of that pain threshold that you're talking about, like you're not going to yeah. go from $150 an hour to say, I'm going to charge you $300,000, but I have confidence he'll get there because I opened up the possibility of what was he was really capable of. Yeah. What are some typical fears that you see working with, you know, people who are kind of making that leap into self-employment? What are the the top top things? I mean, I think back to when I had a job, it was the biggest thing was like, all right, I'm going to save, you know, 6 months of expenses and then I'm going to go do my own thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think it depends on where they're coming from. Now, I do actually coach a lot of people who go co going from corporate to self-employment, right? So I definitely, and that's usually my one that almost requires always one-to-one -one coaching. It's kind of, it's honestly probably the, the thing that uh, overall isn't my biggest income stream, but it's my highest paid thing service that I get paid mm -hmm. for because it is longer term and it's in-depth work. Um, their fears, I would say, Jen, it's just as an identity shift. You know, when you're corporate minded and you've been at a corporate and, and as I say, you know, when people have reached out to me for the possibility of coaching them on this, I'm like, do you have the inkling that there's something bigger you want to do in your life? They're like, yeah, that's why I'm contacting you. I'm like, well, I'm here to tell you there's no going back. Hmm. Like it's, it's like being in a bad relationship when you realize yeah. you're in a bad relationship, like you can't unsee all the horrible things about that person, <laughs> you know? So I said, yo. I said, look, but let's just do it right. Let's give ourselves several months or a year to, to make, I said, but I'm just telling you right now, it's going to be really hard for you to unwind from this idea you have to gain your freedom. And so usually their biggest fear is, um, an identity because that's been their identity, sometimes right down to even their title. Mm -hmm. Um, and also a fear that their, what they have isn't marketable. Mm. And that's where I really work on them to help them see their unique perspective, mm. how, yeah, because they're, they'll say, well, there's a lot of people talking in that topic. I'm like, but they're not you. And they don't mm. have your dots that can be connected to make it a unique topic. Um, mm -hmm. So that's, those two things are the biggest fears. 
Hmm. One fear I remember when I started my company, I guess it was back in like 2012, 2013. I remember just thinking almost not that I wouldn't make money. Like I, I felt like I had proved that I would make money, but I was kind of scared that if things didn't work out, I'd be embarrassed to have to go back and ask for my mm-hmm. job back. It was almost like the embarrassment. I'd be like, Hey, I'm starting a company. And then like, I'm like, if I fail in like six months, everybody's going to think I'm a failure if I don't make it. Yeah. I don't know if anybody else has that, but that was like me. I was feeling yeah. like self-conscious about that. But I tell you, here's the fear that nobody seems to have that I wish they did. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I, and I uh-huh. wouldn't say nobody, but I mean, I, this is legit. I, 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 yeah. There's actually a page, a quote to, uh, uh, devoted to this in the book, which is the risk is not on what you build. The risk is in not supporting what you build. Hmm. And I wish more people were afraid of that, right? They, they fear those initial steps. They fear the embarrassment. They fear the initial steps of starting a bit. It's like, you know what? What you really need to fear is what happens if you don't support this. That's why, you know, if you're familiar with the classic business book, The E-Myth, if you really unpack the real meaning of The E-Myth, really what it's saying is that the biggest danger to businesses is not really the first year, which everybody thinks. It's three or five years in. Mm. And the reason for that is, is that if you haven't supported what you've built, supported it by getting the right education, support by getting the, the coaching support, if that's what you need, um, what happens is if you have busted your ass for five years to get something going and it doesn't, I mean, we're humans. We only have so much sustainability. Mm-hmm. The reason people give up three years, five years, even seven years in is because they haven't got, they haven't seen the results of all that hard work. And mm. that's so discouraging. So yeah. you have to avoid that from happening to you, which is why I'm such a proponent of there are people who have already pa- paved this way. Like, you know, I cannot tell you, most of the students in the Self Employed Business Institute will identify that we shaved three years off of their growth or five Mm. years, like somebody yesterday was one of our training calls and a gentleman said, I know I would be two years behind where I am right now because of working with you in this institute, right? Because, and that's also, you also asked about who joins. I also find that I tend to work with people that are anywhere between, I mean, 30 to 60, you know, it's a pretty broad range. what's, What's unique about that characteristic though, they're all people that you know, they want it. There's a sense of urgency, not that they're so old, they're going to die anytime soon, but you get to a point in your life where you just, you're so, you recognize that you want to do something bigger and more important in your life. And you just don't want to spend 10 years figuring that out. Mm-hmm. Right. So the deeper someone's passion is to make a difference, the quicker they want to get to those results. So that's when you need to kind of reach out for that, that help and support for somebody who's paved the way and get there sooner than later, certainly sooner than your steam will run out. Yeah. And I just don't think people worry about that enough. That's what I'm saying. It's a fear that people don't have that I wish they did. Right. You right. need to fear that you're going to run out of steam if you don't get the results quick enough, because it's probably the number one reason you're going to go out of business. Hmm. So it's like by support, you mean either like getting advice or getting help or building systems to support, you know, like what you're trying to achieve so that you can get results sooner. Is that kind of what you're yeah. saying? You know, I think support in both ways. One is I think we all need emotional support, right? So who can you surround you with yourself with that's going to, to, to keep you going? Who can you yeah. surround yourself with that, that represents where you want to go, you know, kind of the classic, you are the culmination of the five people you hang out with. And then also literal support, who's done what you've done. You know, what the reason I started the the Business Institute um, is after the book was out, I was actually having a conversation with a friend of mine. 
And I said, all right, the book is out now. I said, but you know what? There's something I've noticed in 13 years of coaching business owners is that everybody I coach is really good at what they do, but they're all in an industry that nobody teaches them how to make money at what they do. Oh, okay. Yep. And that goes exactly back to being a photographer. I literally was like, I was on the forefront of teaching photographers how to make money because every on the in the photo lecture circuit, the conferences, national conferences, everybody was still talking about freaking posing and lighting. And I'm like, yeah, the posing and lighting <laughs> is irrelevant if you're not making money at it. Like, right, how much right. more can you learn? You're good enough at what you do. The problem is nobody's teaching how to make money at what you do. And I always I would I would go to these conferences and I would look around. And I'd say, if I gave anybody here a thousand dollars, they'd go buy a freaking lens instead yeah. of hiring a coach hmm. to teach them to make money. So that's, I realized that everybody I've ever coached is really good at what they do, but doesn't know how to make money at what they do or has not enough money at what they do. They're doing okay. Often they're doing okay, but they know they could be doing better. Mm. And I was saying this to a friend of mine and, and I said, somebody needs to like, create education specifically for self-employed people. And she said, why not you? And I'm like, yeah, there you yeah go. you're right. Why not me? <laughs> so I did. <laughs> that's awesome. What do you think are some of the... Um, dreams versus reality of being self-employed? Hmm. The big, God, such a great question. Cause I actually set the whole book up that way. So the, the dream, I, I mean, again, so one of my favorite podcast guests, his name is David Baker. He, David is the expert of experts, which is crazy. But he, <laughs> he, he wrote a book called the business of expertise and he has spent his life studying experts hmm. and what makes them tick, what makes them think. And he made a point when I was interviewing him that, um, what he has discovered is that every expert he's ever interviewed has made observations in the world about a pattern. And it's usually a pattern that's causing a problem. They have a solution to that problem. Okay. So mm -hmm. when he posed that, I realized that the, the constant problem I saw was that people didn't know how to put together the pieces, right? They were just all, and you know, I, let me put it this way. The, when every time, every single self-employed person I have ever asked why they went into business had the same answer. That was the pattern I saw. The answer huh. was to control my life, to control mm -hmm. my destiny, to control the hours at work. And I'm like, yeah, how's that going for you? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. You mean work more hours and make less money? Yeah. And <laughs> everybody goes into business for themselves, looking to gain control mm -hmm. until you realize like, it's its own uncontrollable circumstances. We right. can't now. We even know we can't control a pandemic. Right? Yeah, it's the illusion of control. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, economies go up and down. Things come along, and now the pandemics come come along. Who knew, right? So there's that. That's the the big lie. The myth is that people think they're going to control their life. My solution to that pattern is the self employed ecosystem. What I realized, and this is fundamental to all my teaching, is that particularly when you're self employed. You can't control the results. You can't control the world that you're entering into. What you can control is the environment you create for the results you want. Hmm. You have to take control of your, your marketing environment, your brand message and image environment, the environment of the people that you want to control, the systems of your business. You can, you can control what you set up. Then it's kind of like, and I hope it works. And 99% of the time it does. The problem is people don't put the effort into creating the right environment. There's what I refer to as invasive species. Like there's mm -hmm. these things that are disconnected and wrong in their business. Um, that, in fact, for your listeners, um, they can go ahead and grab 
me see if I get the URL right, uh, self-employed, selfemployedassessment.com. And it's a custom algorithm that we designed, self, selfemployedassessment.com, that asks you six questions. And it gives you back a report based on your answers where you're weakest in the self-employed ecosystem and what you need to strengthen. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, and, and I do feel like, you know, there is the, the dream of self-employed and then there's the reality of it. But so many times the reality of it is, is so much greater, you know, than, than what you ever dream about, you know, the opportunities that come your way and the, maybe even the lifestyle and the autonomy and freedom that you gain. And so I, I always just like to, to encourage people because I do feel like some people, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like some people are, I would say, better employees. They don't have maybe that that self-drive and they don't really have the desire to like want to be self-employed. But there are some people who, um, you know, have that that fantastic drive, but then they just have that fear of, well, what if things don't work out? And I always tell people, you know, you you can always take that risk. And if it doesn't work out, just like Ben, you can go groveling go back. back to get his old job, you know? Yeah. And then you never have to, you know, live in that fear or the what if, you yeah. know, and, and become older and be like, man, what if I would have done my own thing? I don't you know, have, I have that a- choice. I'm unemployable, right? I <laughs> <Yeah>. mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at this point, no right. one's going to hire you. You better make it work. <laughs> right. I, mean, I have zero. I don't even have a resume. Like I have nothing. Like I can't, you know, I, I don't, I have to live with that fear. Um, yeah. But no, you're absolutely right. I mean, if, if you're driven, you know, and again, I'm, you know, I feel absolutely the way to create, and I think we're even more so in the future, like the way to create the life of your dreams is to be self-employed because of, you know, not that you're going to gain control, but it's just, you know, as I've said to many people, I can give you a million reasons why you shouldn't be self-employed. Mm-hmm. I can give you a million and one reasons why you should. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's just that one reason, you know, it's, it's for me. I just, not only do I not know any other way, but every business decision I've ever made in my life, including living in Miami, having moved here from New York, is based on how I want to live first, Mm -hmm. right? Because I can bend the business in any way I need to, to accommodate how I want to live. I came down here for three months, six years ago, and I never left. Because once I got here, I'm like, I really like this lifestyle. And I I can get on a plane to get wherever I need to be. Like, it's not a big deal. Um, yeah. I was showing up at photo shoots in the Northeast for clients that were used to me living in Manhattan and they were in Long Island or Connecticut. And I was showing up at photo shoots probably for two years and they didn't even know I moved. <laughs> yeah. Right. I just didn't <laughs> even, great. it wasn't necessary that people knew you need me in a photo shoot in Long Island. I flew into the airport, drove over and they didn't even know I moved. Yeah. Right. So I've always bent life around me, my, particularly my business to fit how I want to live whether that's the hours. And so there is that element of control you can gain, but it's like a lot of things in life. You don't really get that control until you let go of the false notion of control. Right. (laughs) You know, but if you go into business thinking that from day one, you're going to get control of your life, uh, I'm afraid it doesn't work that way, but you set up the right environment and you start getting the results you want. It it really starts to click in your favor. Oh man. Love that. Yeah. Well, Hey, Jeffrey, it's been fantastic, you know, having you on the show and, uh, 
you know, thanks for sharing your, your, your stories and just your knowledge on, on taking that leap and being self-employed. Um, you know, Ben is a fantastic note taker. He takes copious notes and, uh, he just has a great skill of breaking down what people, um, say. And so we always like to leave our audience with, with some takeaways and, uh, some value. So Ben, give us your top what do you want to do? Three or I'll do four. Four. Oh, okay. Four. four. Some good ones. All yeah. right. All right. Uh, Jeffrey, you said becoming self-employed is about becoming a bolder version of yourself. Your own unique perspective is even more unique than your DNA. You'll only go as far as you believe you deserve and you can't control the results, but you can control the environment you create. I could not have picked a better four points. Like, why did I bother writing the book? Like, <laughs> it's, it's a gift. He has a gift. Hey, Jeffrey, if you had one thing that you wanted like people to take away or, or one action item that if they want to maybe take that leap into to self-employment, what would, what would that be? Whether it's a thought or an action, you know, what would that encouragement be for this next week? Yeah, my encouragement would be that, you know, you have something in you that is marketable. You know, what I when I first start working with my clients, I'm looking to bring out of them what's personally important to them and what's marketable, right? Mm-hmm. It has to be that intersection because it can't just be all woo-woo, this is who you are. But if it's not marketable, you're not going to be able to pay your bills, right? Yeah. But I, the action item I would suggest to start doing that work, like really ask yourself, and here's a very simple exercise. Right, make a list of what are things that people have complimented you on throughout your life and pay special attention to the ones that you just want to toss away because you don't think they're important. That's actually so natural to who you, to who you are. It's probably marketable. Like hmm. you were just saying about Ben. Ben's ability to pick up on those four points. I mean, he could probably make money on that. <laughs> right? So pay attention. Like, What do people compliment you on? Um, that could be pointing to some unique characteristics that you have that you can leverage. That's awesome. And then if people want to connect with you, hear more about your coaching, you know, get your books, where's a good place to connect? So uh, we spoke a lot about the Business Institute. So selfemployedbusinessinstitute.com would be the go-to place to find that. I also tossed out the URL for the selfemployedassessment.com. Take that quick test. And then jeffreyshaw.com is the main. So it's all connected. Um, You find me in one place and you'll find the rest. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, just go to the FridayHabit.com to find show notes for this episode. And there you can also find links to our websites and ways to get in touch. And at the bottom of the page, you can download our guide to the Friday Habit System that'll show you how to set aside one full day each week dedicated to working on your business instead of in your business. That's right. And until next time, live every day like it's Friday. Friday.